The Jerry DePoto Show. Presented by Seattle Pump and Equipment on Seattle Sports. Yep, others know him as DePoto. We know him as Drapoto because he is drippy. Yep. Uh, the Mora and Justin, Jerry, were just sharing the story with Ryan about how you just, your swag, your drip, it just kind of went viral when we got to hang out together in Peoria a couple weeks ago. Ryan's got the big drip. Yeah, you know, it's a, that's his bag, too. So it's, it's, <laughs> he, it, he does. He's dripping all over. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be a very drippy segment. I'm going to start with an easy one, a, a little softball to, uh, for you. We're seven days away from spring training. Uh, we were down there a few weeks ago. Uh, the afternoon show is down there now. If you wouldn't mind, scouting department-wise, any way you want to take this, Jerry, compare and contrast the morning show and the afternoon show. There, I, I think the biggest difference, and, and I don't feel guilty about sharing this because I, I shared it with, with Bob last night. There, the biggest difference is you guys got your business done. You were in, you were out. And uh, just – Saying it like it is. I mean, Bob's Bob's like John Belushi from Saturday Night Live. He's he's like the, the that thing that wouldn't leave. He's there all day, and it's <laughs> morning till night. Last night I asked, hey, we got to start charging you rent, man. I don't know if he's if he's eating all the food, what it is, but there's they they are a constant presence. So good for them for for sticking it out. Jerry, is this something, and you mentioned the fact that he's hanging around like a bad smell. Is this something with the, the clubhouse and the staff, the players, you guys want those those loiterers, you want them out of the way, or are you happy to bring people in? Are you happy to have some, some visitors from time to time? No, I think that this group really enjoys it. Now, you know, I say that jokingly. We love having people around. And, you know, our players are really engaging. The the group around the team, you know, our front office, our coaching staff and support staff, there's – why we get to do what we do is because people pay attention. And people pay attention because there's people here to, to help them connect to what's going on with the Mariners. And, you know, I think that's – that's, it's it's one of the really fun parts of spring training is there's not a ton of pressure. You're preparing for a season. There's a and you walk out on the deck every morning and you know there's a a radio group sitting on the the deck. You've got the the writers waiting to to talk and they they intermingle. You know they move in and out. They're they're around the cages. They're around the fields. They're they have access to to places locations that they wouldn't during the regular season necessarily have access to and and i think that's a, a really cool part of the spring is that intimacy jerry depoto here with us what are you paying attention to in the final seven days here before we kick this thing off a week from today you know mostly just hoping that that uh we stay in the position we're in you know from a health perspective we've had a good spring and you know we we've been fortunate again in in the fact that for the most part we're healthy as we you know are just a week away from uh opening day and and i'd like to stay that way we, we've had no real major issues a couple of dings and bruises that that you know aren't convenient but it certainly puts us ahead of most teams uh, that's number one you, you'd like to see how those last couple of roster spots uh play out we've got a really good idea on on how that's going to happen but you know, you leave the door at least cracked for for some you know, late minute heroics. But I would say that the the roster is ninety nine point nine percent certain for us right now, and and just it's all about health. And if we get to the to the end of this with the same you know group of players that that are currently 
playing healthy, I'm really excited about what happens for us starting on opening day. Jerry, you talked about, we heard a couple of comments talking about this is the most fun you've had in spring training. And you talked about, you know, some of that team chemistry, you know, being stable, the culture here being stable. And, you know, I've always found that you bring in new players and sometimes they have a plus or they have a, you know, they can be detrimental to that culture. But with some of the new players that we don't know a whole lot about yet, obviously until the season starts, but is there anyone or, you know, a couple of them that have come in and, and had an impact on that culture or, or, you know, come in and just added to that culture that you're talking about? Yeah, th- that's the point. And I think it's all of them. And, and I think if you ask our players, you know, the guys who've been around here for a couple of years, guys like Ty and Marco and JP and you know, the, the group that you've seen, Jared Kelnick, Julio, that, that are familiar with how our, our culture has evolved over the years. And, and especially this group in the clubhouse and from last year, especially to this year, but AJ Pollock and, and Colton Wong and Teoscar Hernandez, you know, those have been the, the maybe the most notable uh, acquisitions of our off season. And they, they have fit in seamlessly. You know, Trevor Gott looks like he's been in our bullpen for years. It's the guy's Cooper Hummel, who it was came into the camp without a lot of major league history, but very quickly, you know, assimilated. And I think some guys that, that fly under the radar for us, Gabe Spire and Justin Topa, and it's that they're the, the group has, has really, you know, absorbed the, the new guys and, and they've assimilated very quickly. It's uh it's such a great, group of guys truly and i've never been fortunate enough in my career to be around this many guys that that fit so well together and and not just as a puzzle you know on the on the field but in the things they they do off the field how much they enjoy playing together the way they engage with the fans and the the people around them it's every day and and i'm proud of that that's why belushi's hanging around all day you realize that, like this why is such leave? a yes. This is why he's there because it's such a good group. You know that uh, Salk is way savvier than I am, Jerry. So I just have to ask you point blank because he asked you about a third catcher and kind of set all that up a week ago. All Hummel has done is continue to hit. I think he tied Jared with his fourth spring home run as well. With the injury, unfortunately, to Dylan Moore, does that make the challenge of Hummel starting on the opening day roster or being a part of that opening day roster more difficult? Not at all. Uh, actually, his performance is making it a heck of a lot easier to to make that decision. And and you know, Cooper came in with with one foot on the the twenty six man roster uh, as opposed to just having to make it. We really value what he does in the batter's box, and and I think that's been reinforced this spring. He he does things. You know, if if I were to sit here and walk through all of the the, the Mariners tennis, the things we believe in offensively. He does all those things. He, and along the way, we realized his tools are louder than we thought they were. He's, he can, he can throw, he can really run. He's an athletic guy. And, you know, it's a, it's when you hear catcher, you know, it's the first thing you think is, you know, big power and the the run producer types and Cooper, he gets on base. He manages the strike zone. He's got speed. He has real power. He's a switch hitter, and he's got enough positional versatility that it gives him utility around the field. And yeah, it's a uh, it's there's a reason why we we targeted him in the trade with Arizona, and and I'm 
pretty fired up to see what he does with a little bit of runway and in a new organization. Jerry, I've got a World Baseball Classic question for you. Obviously, you got rave reviews. Everyone loved it. The ratings were through the roof. Major League Baseball just you know, loving the fact that it's USA versus Japan, Otani, Trout. But from your position, it, it can be – you know, a little bit of a distraction or, or get in the way of what you're trying to do. You talked about some of that, that team chemistry and the, and, the, and the culture you have. Is there – is this the time of year? Is this the – because this is going to be something that's going to be on the calendar every, what, three or four years moving forward, obviously. Is this the time of year, do you think, is the best time to have it in the month of March during spring training? You know, I, I don't know that there's really another time to have it for you know the, the purposes of competitive baseball other than the WBC. So, you know, for the 30 teams who are out there trying to compete and win a World Series, you know, the, the goal is to over a 162-game season to, to time it up with your players, their health, and, and all of the different factors that go into it. And you, you want to be able to rest your players at the appropriate time. You don't want to start and stop, you know, but, you know, having said that, if you're trying to, to play the WBC at its optimal level of, of, of competition, it probably happens in the middle of the summer. And, you know, because that's when we're seeing the baseball players, it's, it's why we say guys in midseason form, you know, that's about when you're seeing that, that midpoint when the players have enough innings, they're in their grooves, you know, and I say that. At the same time, that's a really tough time to shut it down on the teams in the league. So I, what we're watching right now at the WBC, you know, I was out to dinner the other night, and, and as soon as the ninth inning started, the whole restaurant stopped. And they had the, you know, everybody turned, the, the wait staff, everything, to watch the TV. So uh, it's, it's a wonderful event. I, I don't know that, like anything else, it's ever going to be perfect. It's probably an imperfect timing, but as we just saw, you can still create unbelievable moments and drama, even if the timing is imperfect. Hey, Jerry, uh, Mora is doing a great job of holding me accountable to answering questions on a pitch clock or asking questions because I had a minute-long question yesterday. So I apologize. This minute one's going to but... okay. Well, this one's going to take a little time to set up too because you taught you said something right there. Tools are louder than than we thought they were. And it got my weird middle child left-handed mind thinking, what if I took Jerry DePoto and I put blindfold on him and you went through your entire organization and you just listened and you listened to the mitt popping and you listened to batting practice, how quickly you would immediately go, yep, that's big leaguer. Yep, that's starter. Yep, that's Julio. Yep. Do you think like if you took the sense of your eyes away just with your ears, you could hear your stars? Wow. I, I feel like it is very late at night in my college dorm room somewhere in 1987. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, in, in this one, I'd like to think so, but you know, I, I, I guess it's worth the late night challenge somewhere. It, the guys with those big tools, it does sound different. And, and when you're around the batting cage, when Julio takes BP, frankly, when you're around the batting cage, when JK takes BP, when Teoscar Hernandez squares something up, you know, Nelson Cruz really comes to mind who probably had about as, as loud a sound in the, in the batting cage as, as you're going to have. And you know, it's the same thing with the pitchers. You know, it's a, the guys who have that really loud stuff, the thunderous, yeah. you know, mitt. And I say that, 
and you throw a bullpen in one ballpark as opposed to another, the acoustics of the walls around you can really make you sound a lot better than you are. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it's a, uh, so I, I'd, I'd prefer to use my eyes, but, you know, as I think about it, you know, the, the, the biggest, the best players on the planet, you do get a sound from them that's just, you know, unlike the others around. Speaking of sound, do we need new batteries in that fire? Is that a fire smoke detector? Is that, is that the chirp? Do we the smoke detect? We, we had an old colleague of ours, smoke detector batteries, and always chirp when we chatted with John. Any, any, do we need new batteries? No, that's actually the back door as my wife is uh, oh, letting nice. RT in and out to do his morning business. That's the Airbnb. Yes. Yeah. That's a bad review on the Airbnb in Arizona. Right hey, Jerry, speaking of, you know, and, and this is kind of a follow-up on Brock's question, the, the late-night dorm room talking about blindfolding mitts popping. But Andres Munoz, I cannot wait to watch this guy pitch. I, I love watching, you know, the, the kind of the where he went – in when he when he found that slider last year, but he's he's taken on a uh, two seamer now. So where did and this is this is something that I'm, I'm curious, man. When you got got a guy throwing a hundred plus with that slider, what is the the, the two seamer? What is the um, you know reasoning behind that? And what are we trying to get out of that that two seamer? And where did that come from? Well, you know, he actually started doing it just a little bit before we we went into the postseason last year. And, you know, he, he started fielding around with it in the bullpen. Um, you know, why is – and this is credit to to Trent Blank, to Pete Woodworth, uh, Max Wiener, who overall in our minor league system uh, oversees our pitching. Now, one of the, the mantras that, that our group marches to is it's just constantly trying to get better. And, you know, Mooney was having a fabulous year. But, you know, he's watching George Kirby come up with this two-seamer and changes his, his profile or his world. You know, Robbie Ray on a moment you know, or in a moment picks up a two-seamer and starts throwing it in a game. And, and he thought, what if I did? And I think the, you know, pitchers this spring – who have, you know, attempted to work on, you know, pick up, adopt a, another pitch, Logan, Robbie Ray. There have been a number of them who've come into camp throwing a new pitch. And, and I think the, 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 the impetus or, or, or the desire is just to get better. And, you know, Mooney's throwing a hundred mile an hour runner, you know, it, it bores and I don't, I don't want to call it a sinker. It just chases right-handed hitters <laughs> and you can't get it off of you. And, you know, we'll see where it goes, but it just gives him another look and another element to make a hitter uncomfortable. And, you know, and I admire the fact that despite the fact that he was unquestionably excellent last season, he went into his off season and came into his spring trying to get better. Jerry, whose numbers here in the spring don't really tell the story on either side? Uh, Colton Wong. Uh, and Colton Wong has been, we, we said it last night, it's a, well, he's not jumping off the page in terms of the, the you know, spring training performance, what he's doing every day in the, in the morning defensive drills and interacting with his teammates and the quality of his at-bats and the quality of his contact. You know, he has had a very good spring, despite the fact that it just looks okay on a, on a spreadsheet or, or, or a baseball card. You know, he stands out as that guy. And I'm, I'm certain that there are, there are pitchers that line up in that. But, but frankly, most of our pitchers are having pretty phenomenal springs. And uh, even by the standards of, of the tough spring in Arizona, where 
typically the offense is going to be ahead of the pitching. Our pitching has been really good down here. Speaking of the pitching, Robbie Ray, he has looked really good. You know, physically the the, the velos up, everything just looks sharp. What, what, what is something? Is this an adjustment he made this off season? Did he go away saying, you know what, I want to have you know a little bit more consistency when it comes to the having the velo up? Was there anything that he changed this off season coming into this year? Did he go down to the sand hill in Australia and train with Ryan's father? <laughs> he may have secretly. I don't want to give that away, but you know, <laughs> may, may, maybe Jerry can spill the beans on that, not me. Wherever he trained, I, you know, I'd like to sign up others to go try it with him. He, I, the first thing that really that, that you notice the moment you see Robbie on February 13th or whenever the first day uh, I saw him, it, he looks different. He went home and, and, you know, he got after it in the weight room. It's, uh, it's very clear. He leaned up. Uh, he looks incredibly athletic. And from the very first bullpen, you could tell that there was more life uh, in his arm. And I, I think this is, you know, the. I don't know if we had a pitcher last spring who was affected more by the lengthy, you know, layoff, the the off season, the lockout, et cetera, than Robbie. You know, I, I think the the media tour, you know, following a Cy Young season, followed by a lockout, you know, and and Robbie makes his home in a cold weather state where there wasn't a lot of opportunity to throw, and not knowing when spring training would start, so. Uh, I do think that we're getting a better look at what, you know, Robbie's off-season prep and, you know, what he might look like in March and April, much more so than we did a year ago. And uh, right now, he's throwing as well or better than at any point since he's been a Mariner. The velocity is way up. The, The crispness of his slider is like it was last year in August, to be fair. And um, that's, he is, Robbie is one of the most dominant strikeout pitchers truly of all time, uh, when he's on his game. And right now he's on his game. A couple last minutes here with Jerry DePoto. You mentioned 99% of the roster is, is basically in view for you guys. I'm guessing around the league, uh, GMs and presidents and teams trying to do the same with theirs. Jerry, does that lead to any possibility if there was going to be a move made, uh, before the regular season begins, is there any possibility that could happen over the next seven days? Uh, it's possible. You know, we've we've started to receive the, the check-in phone calls from a variety of clubs as, as they get toward the end. And, um, you know, not surprisingly, teams want to check us, check in with us on pitching depth because that is something, you know, where we have a little bit more of. And they, uh, you know, they've made their check-ins. And our position remains the same. You know, we're not we're, we're not truly interested in in depleting our own resources unless it makes sense for us. And you know, if the opportunity uh, that that arises, whatever it is, makes sense for us, we'll we'll, we'll check into it closer. Don't know that we'll do anything. You know, I, I've said this before. I like our team. I, I really do. I like our team the way it is right now. Um, I this team likes to play together. They, we've got a lot of talent. I feel like we have a legitimate major league contributor at every position. And you know, it's uh, with the one question mark that we had that we were hoping out to, I guess one was, was what was left field going to look like. And, and right now we couldn't be any more excited than, than what left field looks like. And, and the other was, you know, where, where are you going to go with DH? And, you know, we've got to Oscar. We knew we were going to start to, to file guys through and have days for Teo, have guys for Ty France, you know, or days for Ty France, have a day for Cal or Murph. And, you know, and the one thing that has really uh, given us more confidence in where we are is how well Cooper Hummel has performed. And we think the combination of players we have is interesting enough to, 
to make a go of. Jerry, real quick from me, if, is there one player who is down in the minor leagues right now that maybe we've talked about a lot, maybe we haven't, but he's going to make – that you could predict, and not trying to put any pressure on you or the player, but can predict that they can have a George Kirby-type impact on this team that, that for 2023? Wow. I mean, that would probably be short-selling George Kirby's impact because I, <laughs> George showed up and, and pitched like – the second half of the season, he pitched like a Cy Young Award uh, winner. I mean, he was that good in the second half. And you know, I think actually from the All-Star break to the end, only Justin Verlander in the American League had a higher war than George. So that's a pretty high bar <laughs> is to, to step in and, and do that. But we do have a, a number of players, and I guess the two that really jump out uh, among those who obviously aren't making the team and have already been reassigned to minor league camp are Bryce Miller and Prelander Varroa. Uh, you know, the, the greater likelihood is that, that they will spend as much time in the minor leagues as they need to get ready. Uh, I don't really know what spot they take because right now we have 13 pitchers that we project to break with and and we think they're all good. So, you know, at the end of the day, I I don't know what the timing is or how it happens, but we feel like we're protected and Bryce can go out there and we feel like start a major league game right now with impact stuff. He also has the ability to slide into a bullpen where who knows how much it could even pick up from a physical stuff perspective and Prolander's physical ability, you know, that the, from velocity to slider spin to just general nastiness is <laughs> we could envision him stepping into a bullpen role in the second half of the season and, and being that, that guy, that, that extra weapon that you need coming down the stretch. Next time we talk to you, it is going to be on opening day. <laughs> that sounds really good. Seven days from day, the home opener, uh, last two final questions from Arizona. Number one, are you packed? I am packed. Actually, the car's in the, in the garage running. <laughs> but we are, we are packed, and, and we'll be headed back pretty soon. Lastly, best thing you ate this month in Arizona? Best thing I ate this month in Arizona. Oof. So we, we went to uh, Sushi a core in Scottsdale. Uh, and if I had to, to pick one thing of the variety of, of wonderful things that we ate at Sushi Accor, they had this, this A5 Wagyu beef that they, that they put on a little grill, like an open grill on your table, uh, almost like a Korean barbecue setup. And uh, mm-hmm. they just, I, I, I want to say it's just, lightly you know touched the flame and mm. and then it was just like butter mm. it was a mm. it was pretty magical uh dining experience actually well i don't know many that are more generous with time and insight transparency than you jerry we sure appreciate it every single thursday cannot wait cannot wait just like you and everybody else to get this thing started next week have a great trip home we'll look forward to chatting with you next week thanks jerry thanks jerry all right guys